This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Uber, Amazon, Accenture, Instacart, Netflix, and Google are among the tech companies setting up hubs or expanding operations in Toronto. Canada's most populous city is now referred to by some as Silicon Valley North. Latest estimates show the tech sector there has grown by about 50% in the last five years, with over 82,000 jobs added in this field alone. Between the companies moving to the area, a strong venture capital market, and easier immigration system than the U.S., Toronto is now the fourth largest tech hub in North America and growing. So what's behind all of this? We're joined on the phone by David Sue, who's a management professor here at the Wharton School and the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Area Coordinator. And also joining us on the phone, Avi Goldfarb, who's a marketing professor and the chair in artificial intelligence and healthcare at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management. David, Avi, great to have you both with us today. Thank you for your time. Thank Great you. to be here. Thank you. Uh, Avi, I lay out some of the statistics uh, that uh, that we uh, have seen quoted. You're there. What has made this tech renaissance surge right now? There's, there's a number of factors. One you already mentioned, which is Canadian immigration policy has been very generous to high-skilled workers. And so um, if a company wants to hire somebody who is skilled in tech, the immigration process is smooth and easy or at least as easy as these processes get, and you can you you know if you um, if you make an offer, you can get somebody on the ground in your office potentially within a month, which is um, unbelievably fast. It's a great policy for tech. And, and I'm guessing um, I'm guessing this goes back a few years. I mean, obviously the policy that's in in place now with the current U.S. administration plays a, a benefit to to Canada, but the surge that we've seen in jobs has really played out over a five year period. So this goes back even a few years before the Trump administration uh, came into office. Does it not? Um, it does. This is this is not a uh, particular to the last uh, two years at all. It's. Um, Canadian immigration policy, high-skilled Canadian immigration policy um, has been generous. And really, the overall focus in many ways of the immigration policy of the country has been on high-skilled. Um, and so that's that's been very helpful for the tech community. There's uh, you know other factors. There's university talent here in Toronto and associated with the engineering school at Waterloo. Um, that's been around for a while, but that's um, certainly a factor. And then, to be honest, there's there's a fair bit of luck going on with this, or maybe you can call it foresight, depending on your point of view, which is a lot of the current tech excitement is around the suite of technologies uh, that we, that's been called AI, um, but really focused on, on machine learning. And many of those technologies were developed um, in Canada generally, at the University of Toronto in particular. So um, our, our university and our funding agencies in Canada had, you know, let's call it foresight or luck, to see this technology that turned out to be a big deal. So how much partnership is there going on right now between the schools in and around Toronto and all of these companies? Obviously, they are seeing a benefit to a degree with some of the tech, uh, the tech, uh, tech grads that may be in the Toronto area. But again, a lot of this are, uh, could be people coming into Toronto because of the opportunity. But I would imagine that there are, there are partnerships that are developing as well on the local level. Um, there's, there's lots of partnerships, most notably... Um, I think here, here at the University of Toronto, in the business school, we have a program called the Creative Destruction Lab, which helps science-based startups scale up. And the companies, even though it's based at the University of Toronto, the companies that come into the lab, the startups, can come from any university. And um, 
you know, they disproportionately come from universities around the Toronto area, Toronto, Waterloo, um, etc. But some of them come in from uh, Europe or um, or the United States to get advice through this program, and it's been something of a focal point for a lot of the the science-based tech community uh, to get angel investment and to get advice and and scale. David, so when when you hear these stories uh, about the growth of of tech in Toronto and and you look at it as a whole, what do you see as the great benefits of what is going on in that city right now? Well, I'm just at the outset you know, echo um, everything that Avi has said. I think that um, there's a great deal of the potential along both the talent side, the institutional side, the universities, the the, the technology that's that's coming out. One factor, as I look at the data, that um, is maybe a little bit missing or emergent in the Toronto ecosystem is the financial side of things. So, if you actually take a look at venture capital investments. Um, and compare what's going on in Toronto versus any other major city around the world where we think about um, technology, um, et cetera, Toronto has actually lagged um, in this domain. Just to kind of put some figures behind this on a data point that is certainly a visible data point, what's happening in the kind of Silicon Valley, San Francisco area, you know, Toronto is – maybe as little as, you know, 15 to 20x less than in the last few years, say 2015 to 2017, in terms of deals and dollars that are being invested. Now, that's not to say that there's a lot, you know, there's certainly great technology coming out and, you know, all the ingredients, I think, there. But this one piece of the ecosystem, the financial sector, as compared to like if what I see happening in China and some other places, Toronto has surprisingly lagged behind um, in that domain. What what did, can you expect then that a city like Toronto, even with some of the issues surrounding financing, can continue to to uh, see the type of growth that we're reading about in various articles? They're talking about a, a significant amount of the uh, of the growth in Toronto and to a degree in the province uh, that that is being linked directly to this growth, Dave. Yeah, I, I think that's that, that's right. And, and, you know, if I had to predict the future, I always kind of take a look at the past. And one um, industry, emerging industry, I was taking a look at is the, uh, the birth of the biotechnology industry in the early 1970s. Right. In the beginning in that industry, what you saw was a lot of co-location, um, where the science is happening, where the cutting-edge techniques are happening, and the location of the startups. That, that was true for the first about 10 to 15 years in that industry. After that, the knowledge diffused a, a lot more broadly. And, you, you know, I, I wonder if there's going to be some parallels here. So right. we know that Toronto is, is really strong creative destruction lab and other, you know, really eminent um, professors in the domain of AI and machine learning. And we're, you know, we have to argue as to where we date ourselves in that progression. But certainly, you know, if we think it were fairly early days, now is the time for Toronto to really kind of cement that. Now, I think they've really tried to double down. We've already talked about these factors of attracting human capital, um, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, in that domain and, and being very friendly to the um, entrepreneurship and innovation ecosystem. And, and I, I think that, you know, before those algorithms diffuse and become uh, more usable broadly, it doesn't matter that, that I'm located in Toronto or, you know, in the Midwest of the United States, I'm still going to be able to perhaps make use of some of those tools. I think that some of the kind of policymakers and, and companies in these tech hubs um, with emerging technologies like Toronto should think very carefully about how to kind of really lock it in because we know that there's these tipping points in these superstar cities, you know, on the path towards being really locked in to being the next Silicon Valley versus versus not. Avi, your thoughts? Um, so I agree with David. We're, Toronto is a long way from being the next Silicon Valley. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't be an important tech hub. And I, I think it's you know useful to recognize two pieces. So one is um, the tech jobs in Toronto have come from two areas. One is startups, which um, he correctly recognized that the funding is, is lower in Toronto compared to the dominant hubs around the world. Uh, but the other is increasingly established companies are setting up um, offices, research offices in Toronto. And so part of um, part of building the hub here is to have uh, to have you know big tech companies, you know, mostly u s based to be honest, big tech companies have these um, Canadian offices where they do, some primary research, and then the hope, you know, to the extent that we end up locked in as a you know, a center of technology innovation, mm-hmm. is that the people who are working at those companies, um, some small fraction of them, end up starting companies of their own. And so we've seen that um, in lots of places where you have you know, a, a small number of companies, uh, large uh, anchor companies, and then people from those anchor companies end up going and starting up their own companies. Uh, that leads to a positive feedback loop for the community. What role has the the government played? Uh, you mentioned immigration policy, but what role has the government played in general in terms of attracting these companies to Toronto, Avi? Um, the, the, I think the key role is immigration policy. To be honest, um, right. there's been you know some standard wooing of big companies, but there haven't been. Um, for the most part, the massive subsidies that you might see elsewhere. Um, so you know, more than anything else, it's um, an open policy to immigration, it's uh, friendliness to innovation, and then more generally, it was uh, decades ago almost funding of the basic research that led to the breakthrough through machine learning that everybody is, is talking about today. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We're talking about Toronto and how it has become a tech hub over the last few years. We're talking with David Sue of the Wharton School, Avi Goldfarb of the University of Toronto. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. David, off of what Avi just said and and how you see these larger companies coming in, and then you will see employees from these firms break off and, and develop their own startup. Uh, that is a component I know we've talked with you about in, in the past as to how you can continually try and develop new ideas and develop uh, new technologies moving forward. 
Yeah, I want to actually compare and contrast the, the case of Toronto, Canada, with the case of Tel Aviv, Israel. And I bring up this comparison um, primarily because um, Israel is a company in which, if you if you go there, they talk about themselves as startup nation, but not necessarily scale up nation. Right. And what's very interesting is that they've attracted through a lot of acquisitions of their um, companies. So we, we think about Waze or Mobileye, et cetera. You know, they, they are certainly homegrown in Israel, but they they were the targets of acquisitions. And that's actually a little bit different from my perception of what's happening in Toronto. Yes, technology giants, the likes of Google, et cetera, are moving in, are interested in going into Toronto, but they're not primarily, as I can perceive it, going in via acquisition. And so I think there's a, a qualitative difference. I want to get Avi's opinion on this, which is that in Israel, a place like Israel, there's a, you know, a million startups. Some of, of those startups get acquired by you know, American technology multinationals. But qualitatively, that feels a bit different than what's going on in Toronto. There's a lot of you know, talent there, but it, the, the, the entry is not through these American multinationals, not necessarily through these acquisitions. And, and indeed, I don't hear about a lot of unicorns coming out of Canada. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe that's emergent, but relative to China, relative certainly to the United States and hotspots within the United States, I don't see this kind of scale-up phase happening quite yet. I don't know. Avi, what do you think about that? Um, so, uh, you know, absolutely that's that's what the data are saying in the sense that we, we have not seen a lot of Canadian startups and, and uh, Canadian unicorns. And to the extent that we have, uh, for whatever reason, uh, the few that we have haven't, uh, for the most part, haven't been based in Toronto. They've been uh, Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal. Um, so um, in the point that it's qualitatively different in the sense that what's happening in terms of the U.S., largely U.S.-based multinationals, um, some of it is small acquisitions, but for the most part, they're setting up um, offices um, and then hiring. So yeah. just like they might with a, you know, uh, opening another uh, branch within somewhere in the U.S. in order to be able to take advantage of the local talent, they're opening mm-hmm. offices in, um, in Toronto or southern Ontario uh, in order to take advantage of of the local talent and then to, to hire. So um, you know, back to thinking about what the government's doing beyond funding the basic research, another thing the government do, is doing is um, through the education system funding um, lots of graduate degrees in, mm-hmm. uh, for example, machine learning, and then many of those people end up you know, being hired by the U.S.-based multinationals but staying in Canada. Um, and so... But it is different because it means that you know, when those people, to the extent that those people really succeed in the organization, they're likely to be moved to headquarters, um, which is often in Silicon Valley, uh, rather than stay in Canada. But is there the opportunity? And obviously, uh, Avi, when you're talking about this growth in Toronto, a lot of it are, are elements that uh, the city government and the companies would like to to stay there because they have seen benefits. But how much of this potentially has the opportunity to expand to other cities in, in Canada as well? Um, so uh, innovation spillovers tend to be pretty local. Um, at the same time, 
there are, you know, in, in machine learning in particular, the same funding agency that funded uh, the groundbreaking research in Toronto also funded some at the University of Montreal and at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. So there are these three um, research hubs within Canada. Um, and so uh, that could lead to, you know, um, three different kinds of tech hubs. Montreal has its own uh, very successful community um, in AI in particular. And through the Creative Destruction Lab, you know, we started in Toronto, but we now have branches in four other cities in Canada, as well as New York. Um, and you know, that's an attempt to uh, take the model that we've built in um, helping you know, uh, local startup scale uh, around the country and eventually around the world. Now, Joe Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. You're listening to uh, David Sue of the Wharton School and Avi Goldfarb of the University of Toronto talking about Toronto as a tech hub. I guess, David, then from from the perspective of the United States, how much is what is go- of what is going on in Toronto is impacting potential tech hubs here in the United States? Obviously, Silicon Valley is is a behemoth, but uh, towns like Austin, Texas, which have really taken off in the last decade. Yeah, I, I want to um, just be very clear that my view is not one of zero sum, right? Right. I, I think that certainly the globalization of, of uh, you know, innovation and entrepreneurship, I'm all for that. So I don't see this as Toronto wins, U.S. loses. Right. I think that, you know, from a kind of human progress, societal progress standpoint, I love it that we're getting frontier knowledge and hotspots around the world that are really pushing the frontier. My only point about the composition of, you know, what's happening in, say, you know, the venture capital industry in Toronto and how that might compare to other places is that, you know, sometimes what you need is a really long leash and really some huge investments on the, on the government side or, or, or other entities to really push frontier, you know, basic knowledge. And, and maybe that's what's going on in the, in the domain of AI in Toronto. And then only later did the kind of private sector guys, the venture capitalists, wake up and say, hey, there's just so much going on here right. in Toronto. We got to get, get in. My, my only worry about the composition of the ecosystem in Toronto of, like, large U.S. multinationals moving in is that, yeah, it would be, you know, if you don't get the, the kind of startups leaving the Googles or Facebooks of, of, of the world that move into Toronto and they're just kind of there, that's not necessarily bad, but you're not going to get the same kind of culture of entrepreneurship and innovation as you might in other areas. Now, you brought up the, the issue of, like, there's Austin, there's other cool cities in the United States, and certainly there is a, in some sense, in contrast to what I said about, you know, expanding the pie, there is a little bit of, of war for talent, right? right. And yeah. certainly this immigration debate is, is largely about that. But also, if you, you can't just, you know, you have to look at the totality of the work environment and how cities compete. We all competed for you know, Amazon's headquarter too, et cetera. And that is, you know, matters on things like housing prices, quality of life, uh, other, you know, educational institutions, all these other things. And what what I like is that um, 
there is, you know, with this move to globalization, kind of, there can be specialist cities that are really um, kind of frontier on some some areas, but there's also a circulation of of talent, and you know, no city has the monopoly on on great entrepreneurs, and so I, I just think that from the standpoint of a of a city like Toronto, kind of thinking about we are you know, it's a delicate ecosystem maybe it just happens organically in terms of the evolution and, and cross-pollination across all these different things but just you know from a policy standpoint thinking about you, you know particularly from a public policy standpoint thinking about uh what's missing what could we you know what are our aspirations what what would what would um kind of tweaking some aspect of the ecosystem how would that lead to more the type of dynamic that they that they want, I think, is just worth some pause and thinking. They're for sure doing great yeah. on the science, um, on the on the immigration, all that stuff. And so, just thinking about the composition of, of entrepreneurs in their ecosystem. Well, Avi, I wanted to to mention to you anyway about about quality of life. And if memory serves me, Toronto has had a a great reputation over the last couple of decades. Anyway. Uh, this is just something that that enhances that, correct? Uh, absolutely. Look, I I grew up in Toronto. I love Toronto. I love the city. Um, but my sense, to be honest, my sense is lots of people who grew up in their own hometowns or who chose to live where they live also love where they're living. Right. Um, so I can say lots of great things about Toronto, but I you know I imagine somebody who loves Austin can say lots of great things about Austin, and somebody who loves Silicon Valley can say lots of great things about the San Francisco Bay Area. So uh, yes, uh, Toronto. I, I think Toronto is a great place to live. There's, uh, it's a vibrant city with a lot happening. Um, but I don't. It's hard for me to link that to what's happening in tech in particular because, um, you know, I, I accept my own biases in loving Toronto, but <laughs> I imagine other people love their cities too. What is the the expectation then with with all of this growth and all of these companies that that have moved there and and ones that are already there expanding? Uh, what what are the next steps that that a lot of people believe will occur with this growth of tech in the Toronto area? So I think um, I think Dave is right, which is the the key uh, challenge and opportunity is to see if we can leverage the talent here. Um, and the interest from multinationals and the interest from um, relatively you know, smaller scale angel investors to build some uh, global tech companies right here in Toronto. David uh, and Avi, thank you very much for your time, both of you. Greatly appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, David Sue from the Wharton School, Avi Goldfarb uh, from the University of Toronto, joining us on the phone. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.